0: Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are Passionately Pompey.
1: It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal!
0: Pure, unadulterated Pompey.
2: Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has
0: been matched in more action
2: and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good, positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season. Now. Giving Pompey fans a voice.
3: It's been immensely
4: frustrating to still be in League One after six years.
3: This is the Football Hour.
4: Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago, and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. It's back to Fratton Park for the Blues this weekend. They'll be looking to build on a missed opportunity at Lincoln last time out. Back forward, take it with
1: a flick on. Colby Bishop is onside. Colby Bishop oh. over the bar. What a charge!
4: That should have been the winner. It's finished. Lincoln City, nil. Portsmouth, nil. We'll preview tomorrow's meeting with Cheltenham Town and hear what John Musino has had to say in the build-up. We
2: expect a very well organised, very strong side. They've got some really excellent individual players in there and I think they'll be very solid. Uh, I expect a very, very stern test at the weekend.
4: As well as the Pompey head coach, Donald Vass from the Pompey Supporters Trust talks about the Jimmy Dickinson statue and why they've decided to honour the Blues legend. We
5: really wanted to have a fan-led project that was going to leave a lasting legacy for supporters of the club beyond this 125th anniversary celebration.
4: 81400, our text number here at Express FM. If you'd like to get in touch between now and 7 o'clock, start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com, use at expressfm if you're on Twitter, or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We want to hear your Blues score predictions ahead of their ed- visit of Cheltenham Town at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon and we also want to hear your memories of the late, great legendary commentator that is John Motson who unfortunately passed away earlier this week. That
6: That's a good looking ball. It's Anderson.
4: Good evening. Welcome to a Football Hour. This is
0: the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM.
4: Welcome along to yet another instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, brought to you as ever by Stagecoach Across the South. This evening between now and seven o'clock, myself and my two studio guests, uh, Jack Hancock and Alex Fletcher, will be on the show to preview Pompey's League One Encounter with Cheltenham Town at PO4 this weekend. We're also going to hear from the head coach himself, John Lucino, as well as Donald Vass from the Pompey Supporters Trust in regards to the Jimmy Dickinson statue, providing an update on the progress of that project in the coming few months. Plenty to look forward to for Pompey fans in regards to that. But first, we kickstart things here on the Football Hour as we Quite often do. A recap of last time out for the Blues. They took on Lincoln City at Sinsele Bank last weekend.
0: Everything we do is passionately pompy. A wonderful goal. Every second of the action is right here. Jordan scores. Ninety minutes of passionately pompy commentary.
6: He's
1: gone.
0: This is. Pompey live. And
1: just as Ross Joyce checks with both goalkeepers and then gets us underway here at Sinsel, Band Lincoln take over possession and immediately send a long ball over the top. And there's real danger for Pompey here. Lincoln are in and chance, it's Diamond, Pompey opened up so easily, thankfully for Portsmouth, still 0-0, and here's Diamond breaking into the box for Lincoln, danger for Pompey Diamond against Towler. Diamond shot across the face of goal, and that one's missed the far post by inches, 0-0 here they come now with Dale into the penalty area, what can Dale do, driving towards the dead ball line, trying to pull it back, loose in the area, Lane took a swing at it, it's there for Tunniclip, and he slashed it wide from 12 yards out that's not a great header from Owen Dale at the back and Rafferty one for the team against Diamond and he's furious with Owen Dale he's not going to dispute that that's a clear yellow card but he felt he had no option but to bring Diamond down given the So a- Ogilvy is going to head that back forward take it with a flick on Colby Bishop is onside Colby Bishop oh. over the bar what a chance that should have been the winner Bishop can't win it Curtis might get there it's Curtis by Rushworth that's a really good bit of goalkeeping to deny Ronan Curtis there is the full time whistle at Sinsel Bank where it's finished Lincoln City nil.
0: Portsmouth nil. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars.
4: The highlights there of Pompey's goalless draw with Lincoln City at Cinsel Bank last time out. Last Saturday, that was uh, Colby Bishop unfortunately squandering a golden opportunity in the second half to give Pompey maximum points and they would have been the first team to have beaten Lincoln City on their home turf in the league this season. But it wasn't to be as the Ints remain undefeated on home soil this campaign three victories and now 12 draws quite an incredible record but the blues come away with a point now taken on Cheltenham Town this weekend that's again the three of us here will be previewing uh, very very shortly but first now time to welcome in my two guests for this evening's conversation first and foremost joining us over the phone lines tonight <coughs> mr alex fletcher alex good evening <coughs>
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, all good. Sorry if
4: there's a bit of a delay. No, nope, that's OK. There, there seems to be a five-five five-second delay or so, but we'll get there in the end. Uh, Alex, just kind of referencing back to um, last Saturday's stalemate with, with Lincoln City. A uh, missed opportunity for Pompey, but given the context of Lincoln's home record this season, on paper, perhaps not a bad result in the end. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're
3: something like 12 draws or something. Something like that at home. This season. I'm beaten, but with only few wins it's quite a bizarre run of form it must be said but uh, it always feels like a missed opportunity when you when you sort of go all that way and you have opportunities i mean the sort of the radio coverage of, of bishop's chance there i think does it just perfectly i mean sort of how how close you can find with those opportunities uh, it's just another sort of frustrating stalemate and it sort of sums up the season at the moment just not quite there not quite enough to sort of kick on and, and get mm. these kind of victories but I mean, yeah, I mean, Central Bank for them has has been a fortress of sorts this season, so um, from that perspective, it's not too disappointing, but, you know, go that way, you want to come away with three points, don't you?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Alex Fletcher joins us on the show this evening, but likewise does uh, a man making his Football Hour debut, Mr. Jack Hancock. You're finally on, Jack. Good evening. Good evening, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. No delay. Uh, no. with this. You're actually just sat across from me, so that's all good. Yeah, making your debut. Welcome along. It's great to have you. Um, if, if you don't, if you're not aware of who Jack is, at Hancock Analysis on Twitter, some some great in-depth uh, analysis of Pompey matches, and uh, yeah, r- real good insight into how the Blues are doing. Let's cast our minds back to you last Saturday, then. Jack, was that a, was that a fair point point in reflection given the, the balance of the game?
7: Uh, before the game, I said it's kind of a must-win, but then when you think about it a bit more, you know, they're a really impressive home record. We're kind of flattering to deceive at times. On balance, it's probably a fair point. I mean, you look at the XG, it's pretty close. So although you'd love a win, it was, it was probably a fair draw in the end.
4: Yeah. OK, so myself, Jack Hancock and Alex Fletcher this evening will be talking a little bit about last weekend's 0-0 draw with Lincoln City but we'll also be previewing their, uh, Pompey's next game against Cheltenham Town at Fratton Park uh, tomorrow afternoon. But before we get to uh, any of that here on the football, we're going to remember one of the greatest commentators to have ever broadcast the beautiful game. John Motson, OBE, unfortunately um, passed away yesterday at the age of 77 uh, involved with commentary for a very long time Um, and he recalled um, Boston United's victory over Derby County in the FA Cup in 1955 and he's been broadcasting um, ever since. He first joined the BBC in 1968 as a sports presenter on Radio 2. His first commentary was for a football game between Everton and Derby County in 1969. In 1971, just two years later He began appearing as a regular commentator with the BBC TV programme Match of the Day and has been an ever-present on the show um, ever since. We here at Express and the wider football community share our love and compassion with the friends and family of John Motson OBE who sadly passed away yesterday at the age of 77.
1: UFO. Maradona. Going at them again.
6: Brilliant run by Maradona. Fantastic goal. Unbelievable. World blood. Radford. Now Tudor's gone down for Newcastle. Radford again. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Radford the scorer. Ronnie Radford. And the crowd. The crowd are invading the pitch. And Neil. From Price Stapleton. Oh, that Rice in there. Oh, lady went up beautifully. Look at that! Oh, look at that! Second to take. The 93rd minute at Old Trafford. And he deserves the goal because Beckham has virtually played Greece on his own. Eski, Owen sprinting away to the left here against Lucio. Michael Owen for England. It's a great chance. And he scored. Michael Owen against Brazil.
4: John Motson, the age of 77, passing away yesterday. Legendary commentator in the world of sport, of course, the football scene. Most of all, um, Jack, we remember John Motson, uh, motty uh, someone who uh, a lot of football fans, young and old, you know, re- really aspire to be. Not just if you, you know, look, looking to be in the broadcasting or media. Um, Welds but just as as a general football fan and his love for the game you could really tell that it it shone throughout his broadcast yeah I mean
7: I may be a bit too young to remember him in his heyday but you think of these legendary commentators and Motti's right at the top you know just an absolute legend yeah Mm
4: and uh, Alex Fletcher of course joins us this evening as well Alex, uh, fond fond memories um, of John Motson of course that goal, Darren Anderton in the FA Cup semi-final against Liverpool as well one of uh, many uh, iconic commentaries from, uh, from, from Motti there um, someone who will uh, undoubtedly as myself and Jack have alluded to will go down in, in the history books for his services to, to football Our
3: absolute legend of the game in, in more ways than one he's inspired so many so many people, particularly myself, in terms of like looking into careers of of broadcasting and looking to cover football or or whatever other sport it may be. I think also the fact that, you know, from a sort of Portsmouth fan's perspective, the fact that this 29th FA Cup final was was in 2008 and Mm. uh, commentating on what's arguably one of our greatest moments as a club, it's almost become as iconic in my memory. as the, as the final itself, and watching the coverage from the BBC and his sort of pre-match build-up um, alongside some of the regulars, Lineker and Lawrence and and, and, and many others, it's just become as iconic as uh, as, as that game. And I think he was superb at what he did. Hmm. He did it with with class and with um, with accuracy and with drama and with passion, which is what you want in football. And I think he will be sorely missed. But he's left such an incredible legacy for everybody to follow. And 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 yeah, there's nothing more you can really say yeah. about that.
4: Absolutely. Uh, OK, then. Uh, let's move on uh, and talk about um, Pompey and, and, and football. Um, Jack, let's go back, actually, to, to the, the midweek fixtures. Uh, we saw the Papa John's Trophy semi-final matches take place. Tomorrow's opponents, Cheltenham Town, uh, involved. they unfortunately defeated uh, by Plymouth on Penalties took them uh, right to penalties. Did, did Cheltenham, very good run there. Uh, but also Bolton Wanderers, they're through to the final to take on the Pilgrims. And we were speaking on, on Pompey Live and the football. A few weeks ago, when Pompey were beaten by Bolton twice in the space of just four days, um, but that game in the Papa John's Trophy, the quarter final, they are now finalists. And it's no shame being knocked out of the competition by potential winners, you know, or even a finalists, but are beaten by Plymouth Argyle in the end.
7: Yeah, I mean, obviously you'd want to go as far as you can, but if you're going to lose to anyone, you're going to lose to the winners, right? And as for Cheltenham. They may have lost, but they'll take so much momentum and positivity out of that result because it is, uh, yeah, playing for a really good side.
4: Absolutely. Um, okay, so that means, of course, the uh, Papa John's Trophy final. Not, but it really matters for Pompey. Uh, but will be taking place between Bolton Wanderers uh, and Plymouth Argyle. So, Cheltenham Town tomorrow's opponents at Fratton Park. They play Plymouth Argyle midweek, and Bolton Wanderers uh, make the trip down to P O Four on Tuesday night. Be final game um, of February. Right after the break, myself, Jack, and Alex will be continuing to pick about all things Pompey from the, the week in in, in events for, for Portsmouth Football Club in the news. We'll also hear from John Mussino a little later on. We'll take a bit of a dive into this week's opposition Cheltenham Town. The facts, the figures, the names and the numbers uh, behind the machine that is uh, the Robins looking to avoid relegation this season. We'll also hear from Donald Vass from the Pompey Supporters Trust. He's been talking about the Jimmy Dickinson statue, providing an update on the progress of that build and also talks about why they picked Jimmy Dickinson. The
5: reason that Pompey are the undisputed kings of the South Coast is down to him and his teams. You know, those two sort of glorious back-to-back seasons where we were the champions of England in 48-49 and 49-50. Jimmy was a really key figure in both of those seasons.
4: More from Donald, myself, Jack and Alex when the Football Hour returns in just a few moments' time.
0: This is the Football Hour 93.7 express fm go by bus go greener with stagecoach next stop a cleaner greener future did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year we'd save the uk two million tons of co2 switch to bus because by switching you can make a big difference Get on board a stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to SwitchToBus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM.
4: Welcome to part two of tonight's edition of the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you as always by Stagecoach across the South. You can download their app right now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can track your bus, you can even prepay for your ticket as well. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.co.uk. Okay, this evening myself, Alex Fletcher and Jack Hancock later on will be previewing the visit of Cheltenham Town to Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon. But first We speak to Donald Vass from the Pompey Supporters Trust about the Jimmy Dickinson statue. I spoke to him earlier this week and started by asking why he feels this is the best way to remember a club legend. And secondly, why Jimmy Dickinson?
5: This project began when we started to think about the club's 125th anniversary when discussions began about that last year. Um, and the 125th anniversary season is going to get kind of kicked off in April, the club's actual birthday. And then it's going to be the following campaign, the following season that we really celebrate this. Uh, and at the Supporters Trust, when we started to think about that, we really wanted to have a fan led project that was going to um, leave a lasting legacy for supporters of the club beyond this 125th anniversary celebration. So something that we could do to mark that anniversary and then actually that would stay and last the test of time as well. Um, and when we started to think about what we wanted to do for that, I think Jimmy Dickinson was, was someone that immediately came to mind. Um, and I think it's really important, actually increasingly important, to remember people like him. Uh, because obviously the, the longer that goes between their playing careers and their playing days and, and the present day, um, the more chance there is, of course, of, of people just kind of forgetting and actually it, it kind of passing away in, into the annals of time. Um, And I think, you know, when you when you kind of look at this and start researching this for yourself, Jimmy Dickinson is absolutely central to our club's history. Um, The reason that Pompey are the undisputed kings of the South Coast is down to him and his teams. Um, You know, those two sort of glorious back to back seasons where we were we were the champions of England in 48, 49 and 49, 50. Jimmy was a really key figure in both of those seasons. Uh, And of course, he played over 800 times in all all competitions for Pompey. His um, contribution to our club and its history can't be understated, really. To have someone like him who was representing Pompey on the world stage, uh, playing for England, playing at World Cups, um, and then to go on to become the club's manager as well after his playing career. uh, He was given an MBE by the Queen. This is a really, really key figure in English football, and, and he was Pompey. Uh, and I think really, actually, he was he was Mr. Portsmouth. He, like I say, he sort of lived and breathed the club. Uh, he was a one-club man, uh, one of football's all-time great one-club men, actually. Um, and to play as, as often as he did across so many seasons and to then go on to be the club's manager and secretary and all these other various roles, he was Pompey. He lived and breathed Pompey. And I think he really embodies that one of our own spirit that we as a city really hold dear to this day. Uh, and so I think it's really important actually that we as a as a club and as a fan base remember Jimmy and actually commemorate him and, and all that he did for this club so that's how this project came to life really we wanted something that was going to keep Jimmy's memory alive and actually pass that history down and bring it to life really for younger generations of fans
4: okay so who is creating this statue and what kind of background do they have
5: Yeah so last summer we met uh, several different sculptors and the person that we selected to to give the commission to was Douglas Jennings. Um, He's got a fantastic track record, he's got uh, football sculptures already outside uh, Craven Cottage which fans might have seen, Um, he's done all sorts of other really high profile commissions as well. Um, We were really really impressed with his work and uh, even so, there you know there are so many uh, bad football statues out there, aren't there? I'm sure your your listeners can sort of picture some of them. Um, sort of the the Cristiano Ronaldo at Madeira Airport immediately comes to mind. Of course, there's an infamous one up the road, up the M27, isn't there? Uh, intended to to kind of honour their manager Ted Bates, but I think many of us thought it looked a little bit more like Milan Mandrich. Um, so, of course, when you when you do commission something like this, there's always in the back of your mind, you know, is this going to be a nightmare? Is this going to lead to ridicule from rival fans? Um, and I'm pleased to say, actually, Doug finished the clay work of the statue, so the actual sculpture part of it, um, recently, and we went up to see it this week. It looks incredible. I'm so thrilled with how it's turned out. Um, we've shown it to... Jimmy's family as well. And they're really pleased with it. They've given it their seal of approval. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, that's the opinion that matters the most. But I'm I'm absolutely certain this is going to be something fans are really proud to have outside Fratton Park. It's a really elite, top class sporting statue.
4: Mm -hmm. Uh, And is there an estimated time frame that you expect this to be both completed and installed?
5: Yeah, so as I mentioned, the clay work itself is done now. That's the uh, Doug actually doing the sculpting. The next stage now is to get this cast in bronze, which is what we're crowdfunding this sort of final bit of the money for, for the project. Um, that's gonna take a few months. So it should then be ready, as long as fans kind of swing behind this and get behind us now, should be ready this summer. So we're aiming for a summer unveiling uh, to coincide with the start of the new season, uh, which is gonna be the 125th anniversary campaign, of course. Uh, And it's going to go just outside the northwest corner of Fratton Park. Uh, I've worked really closely with the club on this and also Steve Cripps from PMC. uh, And we've kind of plotted out a really nice area that's going to become a new meeting point around the stadium. Uh, And actually, if you're at the game tomorrow, you'll be able to see, I believe, uh, a banner roughly in the location that it's going to go. which is going to have a bit more information about the statue and also a QR code that you can scan and that will take you to our crowdfunding page as well.
4: So how much money is now needed to be raised until that target has been reached and where can supporters actually go to chip in if they'd like to?
5: So we first began crowdfunding for the statue last summer and the support of Pompey fans against the backdrop of the cost of living crisis was incredible and that enabled us to commission Doug to do the sculpture and really get the ball rolling. We're looking now for what will be the final bit of funding to get the project over the line which is to first of all get the statue cast in bronze And then if we can also go a little bit beyond our initial target of 25,000 pounds, it will enable us to really then make that meeting point area around the, the ground really special crowdfunding page that we've just launched has already raised four thousand pounds and we're so appreciative of everyone that's already chipped in Um, if you're able to we'd so so appreciate your donations you can google jimmy dickinson statue or you can find the details at our twitter page at pompey trust and we'll also have a bucket collection around the ground on tuesday night's fixture so look out for me uh, come and see me we've got a card reader as well as as the bucket Uh, we'd really really appreciate your support
4: Okay. Uh, Now, although many happy to support the cause and pitch in to make this statue a reality, some have questioned why fans are being asked to donate for this, as opposed to perhaps some funding coming from the club itself. Are you able to provide some clarity as to perhaps why this might be the case?
5: Yeah, I understand why people are asking this because obviously we do have very wealthy owners. Um, I think it's tricky for them, though, isn't it? They're, they're always going to get criticised. I dare say, if they had um, paid for this statue outright, which you know is a, a six-figure uh, project, it's an expensive project, there would have been people asking, you know, would we not have been better spending that on a striker, or, you know, a player? um and you know quite reasonably they're they're spending their money at the moment on the kind of revenue generating projects like the upgrading the stadium um i do think that's fair enough this is a, a fan-led project it's going the statue is going to be owned by the the pst and will remain under our ownership um and i think it's actually quite a nice feature of this that it's it's a fan-led project and it's fans remembering jimmy dickinson because uh, actually it's the fan base that this is all about isn't it it's it's us remembering one of our greatest ever
4: players Absolutely. Uh, Okay. And and are there any plans for the future, maybe, for similar projects to take place for for other club legends? Yeah, who knows? Certainly, I think when this
5: project is finished and people can see this for themselves, I'm really, really certain people are going to love it and people are going to see this and, and be really, really proud of it and think this is a brilliant way to commemorate our club's history and to have it on show proudly outside the stadium. Yeah, maybe this could kickstart a few others. I know Ipswich, for example, as I was there earlier in the season, they've got three statues. Um, there's certainly no shortage of candidates, is there? We've got so many fantastic players
4: that we could honour in this way. Maybe this statue will kickstart the discussion of who should be next. Donald Vass from the Pompey Supporters Trust, thank you very, very much for your time this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here on the Football Hour. It's been great to hear from you, and it's been great to hear everything about this new Jimmy Dickinson statue. I'm sure myself, like many back home listening in this evening, are very, very excited to finally see this installed near Fratton Park. Cheers, Jake. Thanks for having me on, and looking forward to a Pompey win tomorrow. A big thank you once again to Donald Vass from the Pompey Supporters Trust for speaking to me earlier in the week about the Jimmy Dickinson statue and an update um, on that situation. You can find out more information on Twitter um, at Pompey Trust and also um, on the Pompey Supporters Trust website. You can also try and find Donald Vass on Twitter as well, sharing all the latest news uh, regarding everything the Pompey Supporters Trust are still doing. And of course, the big news with the Jimmy Dickinson statue and how you can donate uh, to the fund. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how that turns out um, in a few months time. Um, Alex Fletcher, Jack Hancock still alongside me. Um, just under half an hour of the show remaining. We will come to preview tomorrow's game against Cheltenham Town. But um, first of all, Alex, I'd like your thoughts on the uh, Jimmy Dickinson statue. Something, uh, uh, it's a great memory of, of one of, um, if not the the biggest legend of this football club. And, and a statue of sorts, something the club have really lacked um, over the last few years. It'd be great to, to, to honour him in that way.
3: Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. And I think the, the comments about the um, sort of poor statues we've seen at several other clubs are, are, are very, very fair. You know, so I think there's a, a fair bit of scrutiny that goes into these now after those kind of high profile fails, as it were. But uh, no, I think it's a fantastic way to to pay tribute to Jimmy Dickinson as like, one of the, the most loyal men in football, I think he's, he's known as, obviously, with the amount of time he spent at Pompey. Um, and, and yeah, we. we something that we haven't done for a while, perhaps it's because of the sort of space around the stadium and things like that. And the lack of kind of a uh, permanent basis of where we think stands are going to be and all those kind of things. But I think it's great that it's, it's there. And honestly, it'll remain at Fratton Park regardless of what development goes on. So yeah. the fact that it's a fan on, um, so, you know, so that uh, supporters trust, sorry, uh, project isn't so fantastic because it's, it's still signifies the uh, the importance of the fans in the city and paying tribute to this player. And, and yeah, I do hope it, it, it kickstarts, uh, perhaps a trend for for other statues to pay tribute to some of our other fantastic legends of the club. So it's only a positive thing, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it at Fratton Park.
4: Yeah. Uh, and a statue very much needed to uh, remember Jimmy Dickinson Jack uh, most notably as well one of the reasons given uh, in the statement from the Pompey supporters trust in the latest update regarding um, the the project was that as as football and Pompey look to move towards safe standing um, rail seating which we start to see um, installed in the Milton end of the development of that stand um, potentially one day in the future Jack we could see the Fratton end um, with rail seating something that is uh, quite difficult to to colour to to actually replicate Jimmy Dickinson's face which currently sits in the Fratton end. so a a statue, of good example of how to continue his legacy yeah
7: I mean I did Spurs away earlier on in the uh, earlier on in the year and I was a big fan of the safe uh, safe stand-in I think most people in the Fratton end want to stand up anyway Mm. obviously it's a it's a shame that that face won't be, you know, as easy to replicate. But, um, but yeah, I personally would be a big fan of safe standing in the front end.
4: Yeah, Let's get to the text tweets and emails. Fenomen will come on to preview tomorrow's match. Um, Dave on the emails, uh, he says, Jake, you've already played the audio from my greatest memory uh, of John Motson. Uh, Darren Anderson's goal at Highbury uh, in the FA Cup semi-final in 1992 is such a highlight Um, of my time supporting the football club and Motti's commentary is to me as memorable as Dave Coleman's uh, they think it's all over from a World Cup final in 1966 may he rest in peace and always be remembered by footy fans uh, everywhere the thoughts there of uh, Dave uh, in lists on the emails referencing uh, John Motson's I- iconic commentary and the uh, fantastic legacy he lives, uh, he leaves rather in football. That goal, Darren Anderson, of course many will remember from an FA Cup semi-final uh, in 1990, 1992. Let's hear again that that commentary of that goal. Oh,
6: Neil, oh, that's a good-looking ball. It's Anderson, a real chance for Pompey Darren Anderson, it's there. they're in the lead in the semi-final and it's the 20-year-old prospect darren anderson who goes through the middle to score
4: uh, Graham Wilkins on the text says Good evening gents, firstly my thoughts with the Motson family as nobody else will live up to be the best. On to tomorrow's meeting with Cheltenham, I believe the Blues can get a good win against them if our strikers get their acts together and the crosses are a lot better. I'm hoping for plenty of pressure from the off and with the backing of the Frat Faithful we should be beating teams like Cheltenham. No disrespect to them but they lost at home 4-0 to Barnsley last weekend but this this is Pompey so who knows how it will turn out. Going to go for a 3-0 win and Unfortunately, I won't uh, be there as I'm currently got a a bit of a bad knee problem. Ah, thank you. Uh, Graham Wilkins for getting in touch and I do hope um, you're able to rest up and get better soon and you can return to Fratton Park to see the Blues secure those points. Jack Hancock, let's start to preview that game tomorrow against Cheltenham, then a a different test for Pompey, then the one against Lincoln City. We've referenced uh, Lincoln's incredible home record in the league this season. Cheltenham, a bit of a difficult team to to predict Um, obviously took Plymouth all the way on Tuesday night in the trophy they are struggling at the foot of the table what do you personally think the Pompey need to do to improve from last week to to actually get those points this time around? I know
7: it's almost quite basic to say but I think we've got to finish our chances, I mean just watching the extended highlights back earlier, so many opportunities were squandered, and you just can't get away with that anymore. I mean, you can't get away with it at any level, no. let alone if you if you really want to be aiming for playoffs in the. Uh, the high spots in the league you've, you've got to be finishing your chances
4: Yeah, absolutely um, Alex Fletcher of course joining us uh, from back home as well Alex, um, th- this as mentioned by Graham in the, in the text fair for a Pompey side but are aiming to be at the higher echelons of the division against the Cheltenham team struggling at the foot of the table it should be a comfortable win but this is Pompey and we know it's been a very very difficult season is, is this a match you think that that Pompey need to go maybe all guns blazing, show their attacking prowess, continue doing what they did last last weekend at Lincoln they had the chances as Jacks mentioned there, just didn't finish them, do you think going in with that same mentality provided the fact you can actually put the ball into the back of the net will pay dividends?
3: Yeah, 100. I and we, we, regardless of what's going on this season, regardless of whether or not we're we're going to be in the promotion picture, which looking quite doubtful at this stage, it must be said, we have to still go out there and prove that we can do this. For you know, not just for for this season, for the sake of pride for these players, but also going into next season. If John Massimio, obviously continuing on as our, our head coach into next season, you want that positive momentum, and you have to be sort of showing. I mean, you know, we've had a couple of defeats away at Plymouth, away at Peterborough. In the state that we're in, there, there isn't too much sort of shame in that. But, uh, you know, in, in the position that we're in now, we need to be able to be beating these kind of teams at Fratton Park. At least then shows that we're going in, in the right direction. Um, I think we've got a goal scorer. I think we've got creative players. As I say, it's just about, it, sometimes it feels like a, bit, a lack of confidence at times, perhaps. Sometimes it feels like just a lack of fluidity.
6: Hmm.
3: Whatever it may be, we have to find the way to put the ball in the back of the net. So I completely with jab, but also create chances to be able to do that because you have to be able to afford to miss one or two Yeah. Um and think well it doesn't matter you're going to have another one a couple of minutes later so that's that's what the important thing is but I feel cautiously optimistic as I always do with Pompey.
4: I think every Pompey fan is always cautiously optimistic <coughs> yeah. Alex. Okay let's uh, take a little bit of a closer look into the opposition now. Cheltenham Town uh, led by former uh, Southampton player Wade Elliott. Last week's goalless draw at Lincoln served as John Harley's first game as assistant to head coach John Rusino. He'll get his first taste of Fratton Park from the dugout this weekend, Cheltenham Town, The Visitors.
0: Pompey live, this week's opposition.
4: Pompey remained 10th in League One after their previous game ended in a points return of just 1% following a 0-0 draw at Sinselbank last Saturday. The Robins are up next in matchday number 31 in League One for the Blues, who are looking to close the gap on the top six. Manager: Southampton-born former AFC Bournemouth and Burnley midfielder Wade Elliott is the man leading Cheltenham Town at present. The 44-year-old succeeded the outgoing Michael Duff in June of last year and had only previously managed at youth level for Bristol City and Stoke before arriving at Wadden Road since his promotion to the role in the summer Elliot has racked up a win percentage of 32.5, securing victory in 13 of his 40 matches in charge across all competitions. One to watch. 32 year old Liam Sercombe should be closely monitored by the Blues. The Cheltenham midfielder has been a big presence in the Football League since his debut for Exeter City in 2007, making over 500 senior appearances since. Sercombe has plied his trade for four different clubs across his near 16 year career to date starting at the aforementioned Exeter before moving to Oxford United, Bristol Rovers and now of course Cheltenham. So far this season, Serkham has made 27 league appearances, scoring one goal. Throughout the Robins' run to the Papa John's Trophy semi-final, however, he's scored three goals in four matches. Top scorer. Cheltenham's number 10, Alfie May, is the club's leading scorer across all competitions so far this season. The 29-year-old striker, formerly of Doncaster Rovers until his move down to Cheltenham in 2020, has so far found the back of the net on 10 occasions this term, one in the Papa John's Trophy and nine in the league. On Tuesday evening, May reached a milestone with the Robins, making his 150th appearance for the club. Current form. Wade Elliott's side are in danger of dropping back down to League Two this season. They sit in 19th position and just three points clear of the relegation zone, with Athlington Stanley in 21st having a game in hand as well. In their last fixture, the Robins were defeated on penalties in the Papa John's Trophy semi final clash away at Plymouth Argyle. Last time out between the Blues and Cheltenham, a 2-0 victory was recorded in favour of Pompey, with Colby Bishop on the score sheet twice on that day back in August. So, will it be back to winning ways for the Blues when they return to home soil this weekend? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. A closer look there into Cheltenham Town with pre-recorded me. Right, in the third and final part of the show, we'll ramp up our preview of tomorrow's game and hear the pre-match thoughts of John Musino, who discusses what he believes needs to be improved from last week in order to turn one point into three.
2: Both sides of the game, we're looking at how we are out of possession and how we are in possession as well. I think particularly one of the things that we were disappointed with at the weekend was a couple of those moments, the
4: opportunities in the final third particularly, where we didn't quite create enough. So stick around. The Football Hour returns for its conclusion next.
0: This is the Football Hour, ninety-three point seven, Express FM.
3: Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late night bus rides, from seven pm every day, you can take advantage of a night rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information.
0: This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM.
4: Welcome back for the final time this evening to the Footblower here on Express FM brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South getting you from A to B across the South Coast with a minimum of fuss. You can visit their website stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide in your area. Right, we now look ahead uh, even further to preview Pompey's uh, League One encounter with Cheltenham Town at Fratton Park uh, tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock kickoff at po 4 for that one as ever. Jack Hancock and Alex Fletcher alongside me to look ahead to that one um, Jack I asked a question on Twitter um, prior to the show this evening that was Ronan Curtis recently returning from injury came on a sub last weekend at Lincoln would he be a name you'd like to see included from the off tomorrow or do you think that given the performance since we make last weekend that perhaps a, an unchanged team might be the way to go it's funny you say that, Jake.
7: Because I put out my uh, my preferred lineup oh, uh, this afternoon, and, and Ronan was was uh, yeah, I'd start him on the left. Obviously, providing he's, he's fit and whatnot. But yeah. I just think since that Fleetwood account, yeah Fleetwood appearance, yeah. he's just got so much influence and so much positivity. When it's going well, obviously. And when yeah. it's not going well, maybe not. But but yeah, if he's fit, I'd absolutely start
4: him. Do you think he's become a bit of a different animal under John Messino?
7: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it's the hair or maybe Massino, <laughs> but he does it kind of back towards his best obviously he's not perfect because you know not seen loads of him but but yeah yeah
4: Uh, Even further looking ahead to tomorrow's game uh, against Cheltenham. uh, Just reading uh, this statement from Marlon Pack um, on Instagram. Frustrated and disappointed to have another setback this season. Nothing major on the injury front and all of my energy and focus will be on recovering, getting back, playing a game this season. An opportunity for me to learn, grow and develop. Um, There is a selfie of him uh, in his hospital bed. Um, That is from a couple of days ago. Marlon Pack, we wish him all of the best in his recovery as we heard from Andy Moon after the game on Saturday expected to be up uh, or out rather for up to six weeks Uh, a big big loss Uh, will any player be this season Alex we've been for our fair share of injuries and Marlon Packer one of the least additions to the the treatment room there Uh, a big miss for Pompey especially considering Alex he's uh, taken on the captain's armband in recent weeks
5: yeah, I
3: mean, it's just been our luckless season with injuries, has not it, really, so far? And he is, yeah, you know, arguably our most, uh, our most influential player on the pitch, and, and probably in the dressing room as well. As you say, you alluded to, it's, he's got the captain's arm, armband now, and I think he fully deserves it. Mm. I mean, it, the midfield is, is something. At the beginning of the season, when we looked at the recruitment, looked at the transfer window. It was such a strong. Sort of area we, we really recruited well had strong depth, but that's been the area that's been affected most by injuries, and whether that's been sort of you know muscle injuries or surgeries, or, or perhaps even the uh, the broken leg that Louis Thompson suffered. I mean, we have most of those players back. I mean, sort of jury's out on, on Lowry, I suppose, but the remainder of the players seem fit and available, and I hope
4: yeah they'll uh, be able
3: to fill that void hmm. successfully. Oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it is it is a big loss, and let's hope that um the team's able to sort of churn out some decent results while he's in his absence because if we're able to keep the confidence relatively high, him coming back into the team uh, could take us to a a different level. So it's a shame, but uh, we're going to move on. Mm.
4: Given from what you've seen from Pompey this season, Jack, and the way that Cheltenham Town like to set up, what will be the the best channel to try to, you know, really open up this Cheltenham Town side and really exploit them and, and make sure that one point from last weekend is turned into three?
7: I mean, it feels like I say this every week, but you, you've got to play quick. You've got to be really intelligent because they they can be so compact and so so deep against the ball. So you've got to really work those combinations, and you know, not not waste time and, and faff around when you know you could be you could be exploiting the space that is left.
4: Yeah, um, We speak about the, the midfield as well, Jack, and Alex made a good point there about how strong in, in, in depth and quality that the current midfield is at, st- at the start of a season. Highlighted as one of the, the, the biggest regions for Pompey to perhaps build around. Do you think heading into into the summer on the assumption that all players remain fit and, and can continue to do so into next season is that the area that you believe Pompey should be focusing to to build around to try and you know recreate really this team that can be capable of, of going for promotion or do you think that perhaps there needs to be a few outgoings in that department
7: um I would say it's probably our strongest department in terms of playing staff you know there's, there's so much quality both technically and physically I mean it's not perfect I think a few of the players could probably be coached differently and work on their, their ball striking and their late runs but if you offered me next season you're going to say you've got all these midfielders Go for it. I'd be more than happy with that, yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, we do have to mention, of course, the Pompey women. Uh, we, we talk about them every time. They win, which is quite often um, at the moment, but unfortunately suffered um, a, a, a painful defeat in midweek on Wednesday night um, away at Watford by two goals to nil. Their first defeat in eight league matches. Still remain top of the FA Women's Southern Premier Division. However, um, although uh, Oxford United just behind them, do have a couple of games in hand. But a first defeat in eight for the Pompey women who are still going strong um, in the division. So we wish them all of the best uh, for their upcoming games. Not in action this weekend. They're next playing um, next Sunday. Way at Nottingham Forest uh, in the National League Cup semi final, big, big game um, in regards to the Pompeii women there. Okay, back to the men. Uh, So far, myself, Alex, and Jack have been previewing their visit of Cheltenham Town to Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon. We still want to hear from you back home. 81400 on the text, start messages with the word express. Let us know your score predictions. You can also tweet at ExpressFM, email sport at expressfm.com, or visit facebook.com forward slash. Pompey live. First of all now we hear the pre-match thoughts of uh, head coach John Musino speaking to Max Swatton first talking about the luxury of having a full week to prepare for the game with no midweek match getting in the way.
2: Yeah just back to a normal week so we've had a full week of training which is which is great I think we've had a couple of those since I've been in and yeah nice to be out on the pitch with with you know close to a full complement of players and yeah, a really good opportunity to get some um, biggest bigger sort of themes into the players and um, really work on a couple of the couple of the areas that we want to improve and a couple of the the areas that we are very strong in. Um, again, as we have been over the past few weeks, and just nailing those things down. So nice to get a full week with the guys, just um, just yeah, to keep pressing on.
7: Yeah, just in slightly more detail, what have you been focusing on with, with the guys whilst you have had the chance to to get on the grass with them?
2: So, I mean, you know, it'll be slightly generic, but both sides of the game, we're looking at how we are out of possession and how we are in possession as well. I think particularly one of the things that we were disappointed with at the weekend was a couple of those moments, the opportunities in the final third particularly, where we didn't quite create enough, and it was just through, I think, a lack of care on the ball, and. Um, sometimes a lack of options so what we have been focusing on particularly on the in possession side is what we do when we are in possession in the middle and the final third making sure there are more options making sure we take care of the ball emphasizing possession and how important it is and making sure that it's purposeful as well
7: Cheltenham this weekend what are you expecting from them? Uh,
2: I think uh, a really good side, they're, they're, they've um, they picked up their league form quite a bit recently and pulled themselves away from the, from the relegation zone and then I think for anyone that watched the game on Tuesday night where they played Plymouth away A side that we obviously played recently and lost to Cheltenham gave them a run for their money and only lost on penalties So we expect a very well organised, a very strong side They've got some really excellent individual players in there And and I think they'll be um, very solid Uh, I expect a very, very stern test at the weekend
7: Ronan Curtis made his return from injury against Lincoln How much did he impress you?
2: Yeah, I mean, Ronan's impressed me massively since he came into since I came into the building, and he didn't start the first game, but then he he came he came into the side I think on that Tuesday night against Exeter, and he was brilliant that night. I'm sorry, against Fleetwood, and he was excellent that night. He was, you know, he was dominant. Uh, He was very unlucky not to score when he hit the post in the second half, and unfortunately, he then turned his ankle and ended up uh, hobbling off and was out for three weeks. So that was a big miss. And yeah, Ronan coming back, he was he was all action again at the weekend. He got himself involved in the game. He had two really good chances and Ronan was really disappointed not to put either of those away. But I think, in all honesty, one was a very good block and the other one was a, was an excellent save from a good young goalkeeper. So I, I think that Ronan's just very, very keen to impress. He's very, very keen to do well and that's great. That's the sort of attribute they want from a player. And I think all of the Portsmouth fans know what Ronan's all about when he's at his peak and, and we're really trying hard to get him back there.
7: And just finally, latest injury news, sort of the latest on, on Clark Robertson, Jay Mingy and, and Tom Lowry as well. Yeah, so I, I think if you
2: rank them in order of how close they are to, to a full return, um, Tom is probably the closest of the three, and Tom's been training with us for a couple of weeks now, so I'd always said we'll get to the back end of this week, we, this week and assess where he is going into this block of games coming up that we have over the next three weeks. So we'll look at where Tom is from a physical perspective after training tomorrow, have a chat with the Sport and Exercise Department and the Physiotherapy Department and, and go from there. Uh, but it's exciting to have Tom back uh, Jay on the same on the same note really exciting to have him back he's probably maybe a week behind Tom in terms of where he is in his rehab and hasn't been training with us quite as long as Tom has but again exactly the same protocol with Jay making sure we, we get him back and we get him back right I think Clark's probably another um, week or two behind those two hopefully going to join in training tomorrow um, doing a couple of um, light passing drills and a bit of a, a bit of a warm up with everybody just getting back reintegrate, reintegrated into the squad because he's been a big miss and if we, yeah, if we can get Clark back um, then yeah, it's, it's another step towards where we want to be.
7: Any fresh concerns or is it a clean bill of health apart from that?
2: Yeah a clean bill of health apart from that, the, uh, the, the same injuries from, from last week obviously Marlon we know is going to be out for a number of weeks um, Zach's making sure that he comes back and he's, and he's strong, he's doing his, a lot of rehab work and making sure that groin is strengthened
4: but Zach's still probably a week or two away. Uh, I think apart from that, we're all set to go. There you go. The pre-match thoughts of head coach John Lucino, who uh, has completely taken away my next question. Um, Jack, in regards to Zach Swanson, I was going to ask if he's fit. Does he come straight back into the team tomorrow? Um, John Lucino has just confirmed he's perhaps a week or two away, uh, so I wouldn't hold our breaths in regards to that one. We've seen Joe Rafferty return to the squad um, in the past week or two, though Jack, uh, given uh, the option of having him back, Deshaun Bernard, of course, on loan from Manchester United, Det Who do you opt for in that position, providing both of those are fit, of course?
7: I'd go for for Joe Rafferty. I think he just has so much quality and experience and he has the clever touches and his passing is superb. I I think it's a bit of a no-brainer, to be honest.
4: Yeah, Um, Alex, looking forward to to tomorrow's game. Uh, A winnable one for Pompey, but of course, as we mentioned uh, in part two of tonight's show, got to be cautious of the threats that Cheltenham will pose, the likes of Alfie May, Liam Serkham, experience Pro's in this division doesn't matter who you're playing against. If you've got players such as them within your ranks, uh, uh, in regards to in this situation, Pompey's opposition, it, you're gonna have to be wary from minute one to nineteen on top of your game.
3: 100. percent I think it, you know, it's 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 not an easy game. It's it's a game we should win. I mean, there's no easy games in, in any division. I think it. I think it's a case of going out there. We'll have the home crowd behind it's
4: going to be I think we're going to cut, cut, cut the tie on Alex but it's a uh right at the end of the show, a minute and a half remaining and he's, he's fully cut out been, uh, been losing him for most part of the show this evening but um, yeah, I think that was uh, probably the, the last bit of that um, Alex Fletcher, um, I know you can still hear Russ, um, so thank you very much for joining us on the show this evening, we don't have uh, too much time to get him back, uh, as I mentioned literally uh, one minute ago Jack, final thoughts ahead of tomorrow's game then um, and I'm going to go for a score prediction Pompey against Cheltenham Town Is this as winnable as as some fans are perhaps hoping it would be? What do you reckon? I
7: think it should be a game you're going out to win. I don't think there's any reason not to, but it will be difficult. It will be maybe similar to the Burton game in a way. Uh, Score prediction on and go 2-0, one late in the first half and one late in the second half
4: lovely stuff there. Jack Hancock it has been a pleasure to welcome you on to the Football Hour for your very first time thank you very much how have you found it
7: yeah great mate thank you for having me
4: and uh, I'm sure we'll get you on very soon and I want to pick those brains in regards <laughs> to the actual sort of, statistic, uh, sort of statistical analysis that set, can happen that side can of happen. things as well we didn't really have much of an opportunity to, to, to do it today because of the fact that we had no midweek game to, to review but um, no, we'll get back on we'll, yeah. uh, we'll, Sounds we'll, good, we'll hear what's in that head All right Pompey versus is Cheltenham Town tomorrow afternoon 3 o'clock kickoff at Fratton Park one final score prediction actually coming in from Facebook Kyle Collins. Uh, not as confident as Jack he's going for a one-all draw with Cheltenham Town tomorrow afternoon I'm going to be a bit confident but I'll go for a 2-1 Pompey victory as the Blues welcome Wade Elliott's Cheltenham Town to Fratton Park match day number 31 of the Sky Bet League 1 season can John Messino's side build upon the 0-0 draw with Lincoln City last time out all of the Unmissable action here on Pompey Live tomorrow afternoon from two o'clock.
0: All the unmissable action. This is Pompey
1: Live. Pompey weren't able to end Lincoln's unbeaten home record on Saturday as they drew nil-nil at Sinsel Bank. Ogilvy is going to head that back forward, take it with a flick on, Colby Bishop is onside, Colby Bishop over the bar. That
0: should have been the, winner. the
1: Blues return to Fratton Park next to face Cheltenham Town. Join us for
0: all of the unmissable action Saturday afternoon from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars.
4: And if you are tuning in for that one, you'll be joined alongside host Robbie James, alongside Dean Adams, and Pompey Women's Head Coach Jay Sadler for all of the unmissable action as the Blues take on Cheltenham Town at Fratton Park. I'll be taking a day off. I'll be sitting in the Fratton End or standing in the Fratton End, uh, cheering the Blues on, taking a bit of time off to rekindle my love with the fan base. Okay, uh, I'll be back of course for the next instalments of the Footblower on Monday evening from 6 o'clock joined by two more Pompey fans to review what we hope to be a maximum points hole against Cheltenham Town tomorrow afternoon. I'll also be returning when Pompey Live is back for the midweek visit at Bolton on Tuesday night, 7 o'clock we're on air for that one but of course first of all uh, it is the matter of Cheltenham Town to get over with 2 o'clock tomorrow here on 93.7 Express FM DAB online and I follow Pompey as well Right, coming up here on the station right after the news 7, express floor fillers with Colin Mosley right up until the early hours of Saturday morning. You can listen back to this evening's show uh, from 4am to 5am tomorrow morning, if you're up that early, or you can download the show straight from our website in around about 30 minutes' time, or even the Apple app or Google podcast apps and Spotify as well. You can also listen back to any other show from the last three or four years. And Pompey Live, of course, returns tomorrow afternoon from 2. But until then, Pompey fans, have yourself a fantastic night enjoy your weekend stay safe and play at Pompey goodnight